What's up? This is Makad Brooks. I'm playing James the Bridge Olsen. That's right. And you are listening to Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio. Super, 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 Supergirl Radio. MTV interviews Makad Brooks. And we shine a spotlight on James Olsen. This is Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to CBS's upcoming Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. I'm Teresa Giacino. And my name is Rebecca Johnson. In this episode, we're going to talk about the character of James Olsen with the self-proclaimed world's 900th biggest Superman fan and (laughs) one of the hosts of Legends of Gotham. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, Bill Meeks. What's up, Supergirl Radio? I have to do how uh, Rebecca does every time she calls in the Legends of God. <laughs> but, that's, that's awesome. A pleasure to finally make it on here and to talk about one of my favorite characters, too. So that'll be fun. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, but before we get started with our discussion about uh, James the Grown Man Olsen, first we have... <laughs> the News. McCod Brooks spoke to MTV.com about his portrayal of James Olsen. Uh, when asked about his characterization, McCod said, quote, He's not really a bumbler. I think some people see him as one in the past, but my version's not really a bumbler. My version's more of he's kind of a dork in the superhero world. Let's say superheroes actually did exist. So Superman would be like Justin Bieber with a cape right now, right? So if you are Justin Bieber with a cape's best friend, that puts you through his this confidence boot camp and also gives you a unique perspective into the life of a superhero. So he's kind of dorky in that regard. Um, I think that's actually an interesting way to put it, uh, that he's because he's friends with Superman, he would have a little bit more confidence than maybe your average person who doesn't, you know, have this in. Yeah, I would not have gone to Superman is Justin Bieber initially. <laughs> um, but I do think that is a good point, that if you hung out with Superman on a regular basis, you would probably be pretty confident in yourself because you had an association with him. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. And it, the, the thing is, uh, with his his portrayal, because I, I did get a sneak peek at the pilot, like, I, I was a little worried because he seemed so confident at the beginning. But by the end of the episode, he had just enough doofiness to make me really buy the Jimmy Olsen part of it or James Olsen. And yeah, it's it's funny how like usually it's the, the you know really dorky people try to overcompensate with like you know it's like no I've got it together I totally do and then it's like <laughs> no you're actually a dork. <laughs> yeah, and it, I, I think uh, you know, and I won't get into spoilers or anything, but I think he he just got to a comfort level with uh, Kara in the in the episode to where he could kind of let that do- doofy shot side show a little bit. Well, Makad further explained about his Jimmy Olsen or his James Olsen and how he works with Supergirl, saying that, quote, he's uh, the mentor of what she's doing. 
because he's the only person amongst her circle that's actually seen this and done this kind of thing before. It's not his first time. So he's there for at least moral support or just to keep her safe or give her some kind of perspective, unquote. And uh, Makad goes on to say that James will have his own struggle of coming out of Superman's shadow as his best friend. So it sounds Mm. like... James will have kind of a, a similar situation that Carol will, where she's trying to come out of Superman's shadow, <laughs> too. So yeah. they're, they're all they're both trying to kind of find their their way as people and not just people related to Superman. I just hope she gives him like a signal watch or like a, I don't know like a, a signal smartphone or something like that to where I just like that dynamic to where if he gets into trouble he can call his super friend. You know? Yes, totally. I wonder if like super the Supergirl would have like a Supergirl app where you like you type into the app. Hey, I need you. <laughs> well, we did find out I think from one of Makad's interviews that he would have a signal watch. Oh yes, uh, because we did nice. talk with Bob Fisher uh, on Supergirl Radio about whether or not it would be like a different signal. Like, would it be a different mm-hmm. frequency than the the signal that goes to Superman? So they don't both show up at the same time. Yeah, because, yeah, there was a picture of him wearing, like, a big watch, and it's like, mm-hmm. is that the signal watch? <laughs> See, I kind of like the idea of an app to, like, a text help to 555 Supergirl or something, you know? That'd be fun. <laughs> and, of course, Supergirl's going to have a Twitter, like, you know. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> Makad also addressed uh, James's relationship with Cara Danvers, saying, quote, the cool thing about the show is Greg Berlanti, Ali Adler, Sarah Schechter, and Andrew Kreisberg have really cracked the code of what a superhero show is supposed to be. In-depth characters who have history, who have relationships, who have complexities and insecurities, and all these things that real people have. And then the superheroics, too. So it's kind of like this high-stakes office workplace attraction that she and I have. But also, there's a bro code situation with Superman going on. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> what do you have to say about that? That actually, uh, it, it kind of makes me, it reminds me of like the, the 90s uh, Superman comics, uh, you know, Dan Juergens, Louis Simonson, all, all those people, like kind of had that dynamic where, yeah, Superman had a big adventure every week, but at the same time that his cast back at the planet was, you know, very, very important. And that included Jimmy Olsen, of course. But, but uh, you know, it, it kind of feels like they're going to be working with that to where, yeah, Supergirl has her super life, but her work life is just as important, which I think is really cool and can, you know, lead to some interesting uh, plot lines going off on the side while she's dealing with, you know, Monster of the Week or whatever, too. And I'm curious about this bro code. Like, does he have a situation where he's like, I don't know if I should go there because what would Superman think about this? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like Superman's going to kick my butt if I'm dating his cousin. Um, That's kind of hilarious. Is is there Uh, anything like that in the comics, Bill, that you know of where that kind of thing happened? I... I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Although, I mean, Jimmy Olsen is always very concerned about, you know, walking that line of being Superman's pal without overstepping his boundaries a lot. One of my favorite extra comics references or Jimmy Olsen references is the song Pocketful of Kryptonite, where, you know, he's like in the lowest lane, but he's like, oh, I'm friends with Superman. Uh, awkward situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, as for the other lady in James's life, Makad talked about the dynamic Lucy brings, Lucy Lane brings, saying mm. there's some unresolved issues and some unrequited love there. 
So I'm really interested to see what goes on between Makad and Lucy because we have we as we will discover through this episode, there are some connections between Lucy Lane and James Olsen in other incarnations of the Superman mythos. So it'll be interesting to see how they play that. Oh yeah, definitely. They like they they've been tied together on and off since the '50s, you know, and that's always been a kind of interesting dynamic too. I, I actually. Yeah, I, I'm very interested to see like where they're at in their relationship by the time the show starts, for sure. Because I mean, it, 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 I, I'm really interested to see where they are in terms of like their relationship together and how Lois feels about it. If they ever bring her in, or at least <laughs> indicate that at all, like a very interesting dynamic there, for sure. Yeah, we know that they were engaged at one point. Ooh, okay, so, so pr- pretty advanced then. And yeah. Then maybe a yeah. fallout of some sort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's like intense. It's for real. <laughs> yeah, what what happened to make them not tie the knot? Well, it's the Superman universe. You can just blame Red, red Kryptonite or something like that. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, since we are recording this on October 4th, um, today, the day we're recording this, is Melissa Benoist's 27th birthday. So we at Supergirl Radio hope that you had a very happy birthday, Melissa. Um, and for the fans out there, there's some cute stuff uh, online right now, some great videos of uh, her pretending to blow out her candles using her freeze breath. Um, and there's a bus full of kids, um, on Instagram singing her happy birthday, which is so cute. So adorable. Um, it looks like it's on the set. So it's like all these like little kids on a school bus that I guess she's going to go save. And they are uh, <laughs> singing her happy birthday and it's super sweet. She um, wasn't going to save them though, unless they sang her happy birthday. Yeah. She was like, nope, nope, not doing it. Uh, I know it's a bus full of kids. Gotta sing me happy birthday first. Exactly. There's been so much cute stuff coming off of this set. It's like, it's mm-hmm. just crazy. Like, just when you think it can't get any cuter, it's like, first there's, you know, her and kids. Then it's her and kids and a puppy. Then it's her and several <laughs> puppies. Then it's all of this stuff. It's like, oh my God, stop being adorable, lady. And then she sends out one of those puking rainbow Snapchat things and just fouls it all up. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, happy birthday, Melissa, from all of us here at Supergirl Radio. And um, I guess now we will get into the main part of our discussion. Uh, Whether he is Jimmy Olsen or James, the grown man Olsen, we have a lot to discuss about this character. So we can start with what we know about the character as he'll be appearing on the CBS series. So here's what we know so far uh, from all the tidbits that we've received about the CBS version of James Olsen. Uh, obviously, he's being played by Makad Brooks. Um, and the CBS character description reads as follows. In his late 20s, early 30s, open ethnicity, this is from the casting notice, uh, James is a smart, worldly, and, duh, attractive photographer <laughs> for CatCo. Apparently, Cat Grant only ha- hires attractive people. Mm-hmm. Um, though an alpha male, his salt-of-the-earth nature elicits a huge old crush from Kara. So right away, we know where that relationship, you know, has the potential to go. Mm -hmm. Um, We know that he was once engaged to Lucy Lane, as we just talked about. Um, He will have a signal watch and other gadgets. He's an art director uh, as his profession on the show. Um, Now, just about his performance that we've seen so far, I mean, you you got a sneak peek of the pilot and uh, have seen all the other trailers and whatnot that we've seen. What do you think about uh, McCod Brooks's James Olsen so far? 
Well, you know, when I initially saw this character description that uh, came came from a CBS and everything, I was really, really worried because, like I, I said earlier, uh, Jimmy Olsen, one of my favorite characters, he's kind of like, as far as like uh, ancillary uh, characters to a superhero, he's, he's probably my favorite in any universe, any any character, or anything. So a lot, a lot to live up to. And it, the the thing that really worried me was the alpha male part, uh, just mm-hmm. because you know historically Jimmy Olsen has been portrayed as many things, but it's never really been an alpha. Male. <laughs> um, so you know, I was I was really really worried, and even in some of the, like the early uh, footage that was released uh, prior to me seeing the trailer, I was still like, eh, I'm not sure if they've nailed Jimmy Olsen. But like I said, by the end of the episode, he kind of won me over. And I, I really think, you know, if nothing else, a lot of the other news that's been coming from set about the series in terms of villains they're using and plot lines they're exploring and everything. I, I, I think at this point I, I'm cautiously optimistic about, about how he's, go- he's going to land because it seems like, if nothing else, they get the Superman universe, which is really the important thing. Like, I mean, you, you can change uh, the key you play a song in, but as long as you have the lyrics right and the melody mm-hmm, right, yeah. you're, you're probably going to be okay. And I, th- I, I think they have at least the key and the melody right on Jimmy Olsen. That's nice. such a good analogy. I'm going to remember that from now on. Thank you. I probably stole it from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was curious, Bill. Um, so we know about the Signal Watch. It, uh, we, we found out that he would, in one of the interviews, that he would have other gadgets are there any mm-hmm. other cool Jimmy Olsen gadgets that you can think of that he might have on the show? Oh, I mean, it, it, Jimmy Olsen uh, it, and his friend, his Silver Age friend, Professor Potter. I mean, it could be anything from a Legion of the uh, Superheroes time bubble <laughs> to, uh, um, I don't know, like it, anything, really. It, the, the thing is... Uh, Jimmy Olsen is a very interesting character because he, and I'm sure we'll get into this in the history, but he had his an entire book for like decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so he's had so many adventures, and he, even like uh, Jack Kirby's first, Fourth World stuff, he could have a mother box. You oh, know, yeah. that would be kind of fun. And it, you know, just the fact that he has such a close relationship with Superman, he could have access to, you know, the trophy room in the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. a whole other thing too. Maybe he, he flipped a uh, uh, duplicator ray off of uh, Lex Luthor or something. <laughs> well, and I'm hoping he has like some, you know, because, you know, I, I shoot a lot of video and take lots of pictures. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that he has some cool camera stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, he, he's a gearhead uh, for in, in the comics for sure. So I, I think there's definitely a possibility of that. Like it would be interesting if like, I don't know, like he... He did some work with, like, uh, you know, capturing footage with drones or something like that, since Ooh. it is, you know, 2015 and everything. <laughs> That's kind, yeah. of, kind of big and hip right now. Like, I, I would like to see him, like, on the forefront of uh, video technology, videography and stuff. That would be really fun to see him using a drone, like, when mm-hmm. Supergirl's flying in the air. Like, yeah, have, like, three like... drones around, around her getting every angle kind of thing. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Just going back briefly to the character part for a second, um, just thinking about the fact that, uh, you know, James is coming to Kara after he's already been Superman's friend for a while. Um, mm. So I'm just thinking, like, the, the description that CBS gives of him being an alpha male, I mean, I think, like, you know what they're trying to say, but it's not, like, alpha male in, like, the, the douchey way, um, yeah. but more like, more like more of a confident guy than, than we're used to seeing, and that's probably in part because, you know, he's he's been Superman's friend for a while, so he has 
has that experience. He's not mm-hmm. like the the dorky kid that kind of first got to know him and was kind of, you know, following him around like a puppy dog. It's like he's, he has some years under his belt and he's like, OK, I know how to do this now. Um, so he's a more experienced Jim, uh, James Olsen than <laughs> than Kara might have met had she, you know, gotten to Earth when she was supposed to. Yeah, and that's not really too far removed from the Silver Age version of him, where when he had uh, his own book, Superman's Pal, Jimmy Olsen, because, I mean, he there was even a Jimmy Olsen fan club. Uh, you know, <laughs> th- these kids weren't into Superman. They were just into Superman's Pal, you know what I mean? So I could definitely <laughs> see him having that confidence for sure. That nice. would be fun to actually see on the series. <laughs> oh, like a Jimmy Olsen fan club. Yes. If he has his own groupies or mm-hmm. if he has, a, you know, fan mail that comes into CatCo. <laughs> that would be so fun. Or like a, a group of people who like follow him on Twitter and hashtag him. <laughs> well, in terms of the comics, here are some things that we should maybe know about him. Um, Jimmy Olsen was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and was first introduced on the Adventures of Superman radio show on April 15th, 1940. And I've never actually listened to this. Have you, Bill? Have you ever heard his first appearance? Uh, you know, I have, but it's been years and years ago. I have listened to the radio show on and off, but he, he was a kid. He was just like a, a little, like, hey, hey, Mr. Kent, you know, uh, very <laughs> little kid and everything. You know, very very much kind of, he, I think he was like a newspaper boy, if I remember correctly, that kind of gets a job at the planet, like, on a more permanent basis as the that particular serial goes on again i haven't listened to a while so i could be completely wrong too that's cool i'm gonna have to look that up (laughs) yeah uh, actually the nice thing uh with that old radio series is it's all in the public domain now so you can find like actually even on itunes you can find a ton of podcasts where you can download particular episodes Awesome. awesome that's really cool well in terms of the comics he he was sort of kind of introduced in the comics before the radio show um, in November 1938, but he didn't really, it wasn't as Jimmy Olsen. He kind of had an anonymous cameo as an unnamed office boy in Action Comics number six, and that was in November 1938. But his first real appearance as Jimmy Olsen after the radio show in the comics was uh, in Superman number 13, which was in November, December 1941. So he was introduced on the radio show, then popped up in the comics. And as we said in one of our episodes at the very beginning of Supergirl Radio, um, he was actually, Jimmy Olsen was responsible for wishing the first Supergirl into existence as a companion for Superman in Superman number 123 in 1958. So That was a great story. I remember that story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of a weird one, but um, it's very cool that Jimmy and Supergirl have a, a very specific and um, And long history long history Mm -hmm. together exactly so um and this wasn't Kara Zor-El but Jimmy was responsible for creating her and um then at her insistence wishing her out of existence so um very cool that uh not only do they have that history um at the very beginning of Supergirl's history she's you know going to be connected with him on the CBS series. Yeah, and actually if I remember my uh, Superman editorial office office trivia correctly, basically what happened is uh the the one of the head guys uh, in charge of the Superman books, he wanted to do Supergirl. Uh the publishers didn't, so they decided to slip it kind of like a backdoor pilot is now in television. This yeah. is how they kind of got the concept out there on the streets and he would actually 
go and like just talk to kids on the street and be like, what did you like in this month's comic? What did you not like? So we went and pulled them and they were like, yeah, we love Supergirl. And they were like, okay, well, we'll bring her in. We'll bring, make make her from Krypton, make her Superman's cousin and everything. So oh, Yeah, cool. and I was like testing it out without uh, anyone noti- no- noticing. That's <laughs> exactly. a focus group of small children. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's the best way to do it, and that's where you get the fun con. That's why Superman has a dog. Oh, oh, is that, is that right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Comes from. Exactly, and that's why, like, all the different flavors of kryptonite that are out there, all, all that really wacky stuff from the Silver Age, a lot of it was, you know, uh, just uh, Mort sitting down there on the stoop with a bunch of kids and be like, hey, what do you want to see? Oh, so. cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, in terms of Jimmy's history at the Daily Planet, of course, he's often depicted as a photojournalist or a cub reporter if he's kind of a younger version um, working with Lois Lane and Clark Kent. So that's kind of how we normally see him. So this is very different on the CBS series where he's separated from them, but working with Cat Grant, who also has a history at the Daily Planet um, at her company Catco. Um, one of my favorite and, things. About, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Teresa. Oh no, I was going to say, and he's still a photographer, and and is apparently known and has this award-winning photo of Superman that has kind of given him some notoriety. So he's like moved up in his career. What it looks like in the uh, CBS version. Yeah, which is awesome that he still maintains. I assume his Daily Planet past, but is mm-hmm. now kind of moving on with Cat offering him a new job. Right. Yeah, it, it actually almost kind of reminds me of uh, what Peter Parker's status quo was through like a lot of the 90s and the 2000s where he, he was like the guy who took these award winning uh, pictures of Spider-Man. Obviously, you know, Jimmy's not a superhero, but it kind of reminds me of that backstory because I, I know like in the 90s, Peter Parker had like he had a book of uh, photojournalism on Spider-Man that got him a bunch of awards and stuff like that. So it kind of it feels the same <laughs> kind of flavor. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite things about Jimmy Olsen is that he is kind of famous for his fashion sense. Um, He's Mm. very famous for um, sporting bow ties. A lot of times when I think about Jimmy Olsen, I think about his bow ties. Um, Bow tie and a green jacket. Yep, yep. That's a a lot of times when he's in the comics, that's how he's uh, drawn. And I I think it's cool that on the CBS version, James is often, he doesn't have a bow tie, but he's got a tie. So it's still there. It's a more mature looking tie, (laughs) a grown up tie. And um, as, as we mentioned, he is usually uh, with a signal watch on his wrist. So uh, he uses that to contact Superman. That's a sh- They could have gone with the bow tie, though. I mean, Doctor Who made bow ties cool again. I it's mean. true. <laughs> They're Jimmy super formal, too. It's like just wear a tux every day. <laughs> day. <laughs> well, and as Bill mentioned earlier, Jimmy had his own comic book title called Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen and this is uh one of those things that sort of uh I I never read Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen but I have a lot of Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane so these characters Mm -hmm. became so popular that they got their own titles and Jimmy's actually ran for a long time he had his own book from 1954 to 1974 so about 20 years spanning a total of 163 issues wow so people loved them some Jimmy Olsen (laughs) I'm raising my hand right now as one of those people. <laughs> do you do you have a, a, a good collection of Superman's Pal? I, I like I don't have like a collection of original issues, but I've read like any reprint I could get my hands on. Uh, you know, I've read summaries of the issues I couldn't get my hands on. I'm I, I, I'm pretty w- well versed in it. Like 
I, I've, I've probably, as far as like Silver Age Superman comics, I've probably read about 70% of what's out there that you can get your hands on. And Jimmy Olsen was definitely a big part of that. I wonder, yeah. is there a, has that been collected at all? Uh, they've done some collections, yeah. And there's a lot of uh, uh, stories from Superman's pal in a lot of the, uh, like, the greatest Superman stories ever told. And, I, uh, and obviously all the stuff that Jack Kirby did on that book with the fourth world has all been collected. Oh, awesome. I'll have to check those out. You have to hunt those down. <laughs> well, um, in, and in some of the issues of Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, um, Lucy Lane was introduced in issue number 36, and she became an on-again, off-again love interest for Jimmy Olsen. And what's cool about that is not only do we see that in the CBS series that they will have had a history, but as we talked about when we discussed Supergirl the movie, Lucy and Jimmy also were kind of an item in that movie, too. So they have a lot of history. Oh, yeah. And actually, when they first announced that uh, Jimmy was going to be on Supergirl, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, you know, that's that makes so much sense just because that was kind of like her. Kara's really only touching into the world of Superman during uh, Supergirl, the movie, because he was off planet doing who knows what. <laughs> yeah. So in, in terms of um, the Lucy Lane part of Superman's pal, do you, do you remember any stories uh, with her in it? Well, a, a lot of times it was, it was just like, you know, cause she, I, I believe she was a flight attendant in the book. Hmm. And so they would be off on a date and then Jimmy would get sucked off into some adventure or, you know, a lot of times she would even fall into that kind of lowest type of role where, Oh, I want to get married, Jimmy, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> so, oh God. Yeah. You know, that old, that old trope. So, but I, I mean, it, it got better I, as it went on. And in the eighties, it was, it was much more kind of a mature relationship between them two. Okay. Well, in uh, in Superman's Pal, there was also not only the Lucy Lane connection, but there were mentions of Supergirl. And in issue number 44, Supergirl kissed Jimmy to break a spell that turned him into a werewolf. <laughs> of course she did. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's what happens. Um, so I would definitely like to find that issue because I want to know more about that story. Yeah, I want to know how, how, like, you know... Kryptonese uh, saliva helps cure <laughs> werewolves like that. <laughs> Well, you, you know, uh, if you're if you've ever seen Superman the movie, you know those Kryptonian kisses—they pack a punch. They're they're powerful, <laughs> clearly. Um, and in an imaginary story in issue number fifty-seven, Jimmy actually married Supergirl. Um, so that that I guess beats uh, Lucy on the CBS series. He actually, um, you know, put a ring on it. Um, <laughs> so uh, so I think it's really cool that we're getting these actual connections from. Uh, not only the comics, but like in um, Smallville, Supergirl and Jimmy Olsen kind of had like a romantic flirtation going on. And so mm -hmm. I think it's cool that they are using those past incarnations to put onto the CBS series. So they're kind of carrying on that tradition with them. Yeah, and it, it's kind of a uh, pairing that makes sense in a lot of ways, too, because they're two younger people involved in Superman's life in one way or another. So it kind of makes sense they, you know, get together once in a while, you know? And I've always kind of loved their their relationship because it sort of reflects Superman and Lois Lane, where you have the the Kryptonian super powered person, and then kind of the kind of normal person who works at the Daily Planet or you know Cat Co, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. So you have the super powered person with the regular person who inspires the super powered person. So I, I've always uh, found that to be something that I was drawn to. 
Oh yeah, definitely. It, it, it's basically uh, you know the Superman uh, Lois relationship, but gender swapped. So that's like... oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now I'm just thinking about um, with Jimmy marrying Supergirl that both he and Superman, in alternate and or dream and or whatever other existences, have in one way or another married a version of Supergirl, and oh, that's yeah. kind of interesting to me. <laughs> it's like they could both swap stories on that one day. Like, well, I, I don't know if you guys have ever touched on it before, but there's actually another uh, Silver Age story I, that involves Supergirl where basically uh, Superman is, I, I forget why, but he's trying to find like the perfect wife. And Supergirl's like, hey, I'll marry you, Superman. And he's like, we can't because on Krypton, on an Earth, cousins can't marry. On another yes. planet, it would be fine, but not on Krypton Earth. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't think, have we, we didn't read that yet, but I remember hearing that somewhere. Yeah, um, I don't think we've read that, but we read the the Peter David uh, many happy returns where yes. where Superman mm-hmm. and Supergirl uh, got married and had a kid, and it was uh, very hard for me to digest. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because we know, like it's it's Linda Danvers, it's not his cousin, yeah, but like it's, it's 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 not that, but you kind of can't help but think about that. Yeah, it's like oh, that's disturbing. I can't watch this anymore. It's still just a little weird. Yeah, a little weird. Um, and fun facts about Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, which I did not realize, um, that Darkseid and Project Cadmus were first introduced in that title in Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. So some big things came out of uh, Jimmy's solo title. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. B- basically, I, uh, from what I remember, Jack Kirby was, you know, he had left Marvel. He was just starting work for DC. And he asked to be put on a book where he could have complete creative freedom. And so he went over to the Jimmy Olsen book and just created the fourth world, you know, with Dark Side and everything, just uh, because because he could, because he had, it, they gave him this playground where that he could do whatever he wanted in. That is pretty cool. Well, and uh, one of the things that we should also know about Jimmy Olsen is that he not only he he doesn't just go by Jimmy Olsen some of the times. He has notable aliases. Um, so sometimes he is known as Mr. Action, <laughs> um, Elastic Lad, which is a pretty famous one, Turtle Boy. And um, one of the ones I thought stood out to me, and I think for some, some of our Supergirl radio listeners probably would make connections to this as well, um, that he was also known as, known as Flamebird, which is yep. something he actually has in common with Supergirl um, that, like Teresa and I read um, in Candor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really cool that they have both been known as Flamebird when they go into Candor. Oh, yeah. And that was a really good story, too. Basically, I, in the original story, what happens is a. Uh, there's trouble in the bottle city of Candor, and Superman's like, come on, Jimmy, you can take some pictures of me, you know, helping out the Candorians. And then they end up landing there, and they get stuck. <laughs> so they're there for a while, and they basically, and it's billed on the cover and everything, if I remember correctly, as they're the Batman and Robin of Candor, you know. <laughs> and, so, yeah, Nightwing and Flamebird. And they actually, uh, you know, Nightwing, uh, Dick Grayson, that's where he got the name. Right. Uh, Nightwing, when he struck off on his own. And what do you know about um, Elastic Lad and Turtle Boy? Uh, just that they're awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, Elastic Lad's, you know, just like Plastic Man or Elongated Man. You know, just, just kind of a stretchy superhero kind of guy. And Turtle Boy, I, I always remember because the first time I was introduced to him 
was in the uh, Death of Superman uh, comic because Jimmy Olsen actually had a job on like a kind of Power Rangers-esque TV show playing Turtle Boy. And that's where he was when uh, everything went down with Doomsday and he got called off to take photos and everything like that. But the original story is really good, too. It's just like this giant 50-foot-tall mutant turtle who tears apart a bridge in Metropolis, you know. Good old sci-fi plot. So the Elastic Lad and Turtle Boy, is this actually like the character of Jimmy Olsen has become, has gained these powers? Oh, yeah. Like, basically, I I mentioned uh, Professor Potter earlier. He had a scientist friend who would always have these weird isotopes lying around or weird machines that would turn (laughs) them into some. Basically, like, think think of any old 50s sci-fi movie, and there was probably an an issue of Jimmy Olsen that ripped it off. And it was... Yeah, but it was usually uh, from Professor Potter or some alien that Jimmy just happened to stumble across. You know, the the, the scientists in comic books are so inept. Like they're just letting mm-hmm. stuff like leak on people. Fall, you know, people <laughs> fall into vats. Like, is nobody watching the store? They have no standards, no standards and practices. <laughs> Yet they can create technology that we still don't have today. Back in the fifties, yeah. for some reason, right? But they can't like close their vials and like <laughs> put stuff away. Um, well, uh, in addition to the comics, obviously, uh, Jimmy Olsen has also made lots of appearances in animation. Jack Mercer voiced Jimmy Olsen in the Superman animated short film called Showdown, which was in 1942. Later on, Jack Grimes voiced Jimmy Olsen in The New Adventures of Superman, uh, which was on in 1966. A couple decades after that, uh, Mark L. Taylor played Jimmy Olsen in the 1988 animated Superman TV series. It seems like every, like, 20 years there's, like, a new Superman Mm -hmm. cartoon that's, like, you know, ready for the public. And more recently, uh, David Kaufman voiced Jimmy Olsen in both Superman the Animated Series and Justice League. And Jimmy Olsen has also had some cameo appearances in Justice League Unlimited. Jack DeSena uh, voiced uh, Jimmy Olsen in the season five premiere of The Batman. Um, is that the one with the uh, the Bono theme song, the U2 theme song? The, the Bono uh, theme song and the Rastafarian Joker, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Alexander Polinsky voiced Jimmy Olsen in Batman the Brave and the Bold. And uh, Jimmy Olsen has also appeared in Young Justice in the episode called Depths. And... Alicia Yaffe uh, voiced Jimmy Olsen in the DC Nation shorts called Tales of Metropolis. Ha- have y'all ever seen the Tales of Metropolis shorts? Oh, yeah. They're great. They're them. hilarious, for sure. Yeah, that that one um, especially is super adorable because Jimmy is just complaining to Clark Kent at the Daily Planet about how he's so tired of Superman and all this kind of stuff and all these things that he has to do. And then he gets into some trouble and <laughs> Superman, you know... <laughs> Uh, he needs Superman's help, and Superman's like, "Well, I don't know. You were complaining about me earlier. I don't know if I should save you." <laughs> so it's it's really adorable. So um, that one I especially love, and I, I also find it really fascinating that he's been in some Batman things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, ba- and really a lot of Batman things <laughs> comparatively. Yeah, yeah. I, really, I think that's cool. I, I know that Brave and the Bold episode was really good. It's basically, uh, well, if you've never seen Batman Brave and the Bold, it's basically like a Silver Age version of Batman. And so he goes and visits uh, a Silver Age version of Superman. And they do uh, basically like a uh, world's finest Batman Superman versus Lex Luthor Joker kind of story. And it's, it's great. It's hilarious. It's so funny. 
Definitely <laughs> seek that one out. Oh, is the uh, that Tales of Metropolis? Is that in the same series as those um, those Supergirl, Batgirl uh, shorts that we watched? The uh, the Super Buffs. They um they kind of appeared on Cartoon Network relatively at the same time. They weren't kind of the same universe as it as it were. Ah, gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. But they they were uh, part of DC Nation, which had a bunch of uh, different little mm-hmm. shorts. So uh, you had the Tales from Metropolis, but then you also had the Super Best Friends Forever, and they were yeah. they were two distinct things, but they often appeared all part of DC Nation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and I'm pretty sure you can find those on the official uh, DC YouTube now too. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely check those out because I even love like the Lois Lane on the Tales from Metropolis. There's a good Bizarro one. Oh yeah, that's adorable. Yeah. So yeah, those are definitely a lot of fun. So you definitely should watch them. Um, well, in terms of live-action portrayals, we've had a, a couple of those. Um, Tommy Bond played Jimmy Olsen in the two Superman film serials, Superman in 1948 and Adam Man vs. Superman in 1950. Have you ever seen any of those, Bill? I've seen both of those, actually. I don't really remember too much about Jimmy, but I, I, I remember Adam Man vs. Superman was pretty good. All, the, the weird thing about those is anytime Superman would fly... You'd see Kirk Allen, the actor, like run behind a billboard, and then you'd see a completely like poorly animated Superman fly off from the billboard. So they didn't quite have the the flying effects down. Yeah, they didn't know exactly how to make it work, but they wanted to make him mm-hmm. fly. So they, it, I mean, it's pretty seamless in, in a lot of ways. But yeah, it's very interesting mm-hmm. that they used the live action animated team up. Yeah, and, and to people of the time, it probably looked great too. Like, uh, I, I, if I remember correctly, I think I, I think it was a younger Jimmy Olsen in those. But again, it's been a while since I've sat down to watch them. So, yeah, I actually haven't seen. I've seen clips, but I haven't seen all of them. So I need to watch mm-hmm. those myself. Um, one of the more famous Jimmy Olsons uh, was played by Jack Larson, who played him on the Adventures of Superman TV series along with George yeah. Reeves as Superman. And unfortunately, he recently passed away. Um, mm-hmm. but he was Jimmy Olsen for a, a long while. And the interesting history about that was that after George Reeves died, um, while they were still kind of making the adventures of Superman, um, he was approached about having, um, his own kind of spinoff to try to carry on that series or carry on kind of the universe of that series. Um, but he didn't want to do it. He rejected that proposal because he didn't like the idea of trying to make money um, over the death of George Reeves. So I thought that was a really um, remarkable thing that he he respected George Reeves enough to kind of dismiss a potential money-making possibility for himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and I... I've I've read a couple uh, books on on that series, like the behind the scenes stuff of that series too, and they and they were great friends. They were they were uh, they were really tight, and uh, he had a lot of respect for George, even though you know George had some problems with alcohol, had some problems in his personal life, but they they were always really really good friends on set. And um, golly, Mister Ken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and I um, I've only seen like a, a handful of episodes from that series, um, mm. but I, I found yeah. a really uh, fun montage on YouTube uh, about how Jimmy would always call Perry White Chief, mm. and so somebody put together a really awesome montage about you know don't call me Chief because um, he <laughs> he would always say that to Jimmy. So I thought that was really fun. Um, and uh, a more another notable Jimmy Olsen in live action was played by Mark McClure, who played him in all of the Christopher Reeve films, as well as the Helen Slater Supergirl movie. Um, so that would have been five appearances for him as Jimmy Olsen. 
Um, how do you feel about that that version, Bill? Oh, yeah, I, I love that version. Like, I the, the thing is, in the Superman movies, I, I don't feel like they utilized him enough. He was kind of like he would be in, like, one or two scenes in the planet, and that was about it. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I, I always liked it, and I really enjoyed the moment of realization I had about five years ago when I realized that he was the brother from back to the future. Like, cause I, it, oh I my never, God, that's right. Yeah. I that's never crazy. connected that in my mind. And then about five years ago, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same dude. <laughs> it's true that I, I agree with you that they kind of underutilized him and they kind of used him more as like ra- name recognition. Like here's a character mm-hmm. from the comics, but they didn't really kind of use him as, like he wasn't really like Superman's best friend. Do you know what I mean? Like he was like one of many characters that populate the planet. Yeah. And like, honestly, he, he felt, he felt more like Jimmy Olsen in that one scene he was in, in Supergirl than he did in the four other Superman movies. combined. <laughs> yeah. He definitely got more screen time in the Supergirl movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was good to see that. I, I do agree that he was kind of under underutilized in those films. So I'm glad that he got more screen time there. Um, and on Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman, there were actually two Jimmy Olsons. Um, the first one was Michael Landis who played him Mm -hmm. in the first season. Um, but later he was replaced by Justin Whalen for the other three seasons. So Bill, do you have any opinions on the changeup of Jimmy's there? You know, I was watching the series as it came out and Michael Landis was fine. But uh, when Justin Whaling came in and the way he interacted with uh, Lane Smith, who played Perry White, they became kind of like just this great comedic duo that by the fourth season, they would a lot of times just be standing in the background watching Lois and Clark uh, go about the main plot and kind of commenting on it. They were almost like Statler and Waldorf from the Muppets yeah. or something. <laughs> and, and so like totally. as much as Michael Landis was fine, but I think Justin Whalen really kind of owned the part. Uh, and he was in it longer, too. So Yeah, he's the one I remember. Like I, I mm-hmm. totally didn't even re- remember that there were two until, you know, this and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. There was another one because um, Justin Whalen was was my homie. Yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> um, and I had always heard the story. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but I had always heard the story that Michael Landis looked too much like Dean Cain, and they were worried that they would get confused on the show. That um, that people would, I guess, see Jimmy and Clark as the same guy or something, and so they wanted to get somebody who looked differently, or that didn't look as similar to Dean Kane as Michael Landis did. Well, you know what? I've, I don't think I've ever heard that story, but it sounds really true, so I'm going to say, yeah. Yeah, you're <laughs> okay. right. See, I think it's ridiculous, because Dean Kane is clearly the hotter one, so <laughs> I don't understand where any confusion would rest. I guess it was because they had they both had um, like kind of dark black you know black hair. Not all brunettes mm-hmm. are alike, people. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that's the story I've always heard. Not sure if it's true or not. Um, oh, it sounds like something like dumb that TV executives like would a network think. would do. Yeah, I, I totally believe yeah. it. I just you know think it's ridiculous. And I was curious, Bill, because um, you mentioned that on Lois and Clark, uh, Jimmy and Perry had a really great relationship. Do you feel mm-hmm. like that that's something that's always kind of played out over, as, especially like in the comics? Did they have a, a close relationship like that? Oh, yeah, they've always. Yeah, because I mean, like in the comics, in uh, several versions, it's a situation where Jimmy's like homeless or he has no direction in life or this, that or the other. And Perry brings him in because he sees potential in him. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, then it, it, there's also sometimes an adversarial relationship, like in the original Adventures of Superman, they were always like butting heads. But I, I, there, there's always been, you know, a lot of love there underneath it all. And I mean, I, I think I don't think I've seen a version of the Superman story where that wasn't the case, where there wasn't a father son relationship going on between them. I'm kind of now hoping that there will be something similar to that between Kat and James, um, since mm-hmm. they will have, I assume, some Daily Planet history together and maybe will have known each other for a long time. That would be mm-hmm. a really uh, cool thing to see that they have this um, kind of familial relationship between mm-hmm. the two of them. I, I would also really like to see them uh, I tell the story of why Kat's not at the planet and why or, you know, what happened with Jimmy, why he came over to Kat's thing, you know, because I'm sure there's probably some sort of like crazy, like corporate fallout story there, too. You know, I can imagine it being, you know, having something to do with technology. I feel like, you mm-hmm. know, if the Daily Planet is still a paper and Catco, you know, you know, Cat Grant wants to kind of modernize and, and, and get in touch with the digital age and and with millennials and all of that. Like I could see that being a split and, and you know, her trying to kind of go more that way, whereas the Daily Planet might kind of stay very set in its ways. Um, maybe they have a website, you know, and they might have digital <laughs> subscriptions like, you know, the New York Times or something. But like they're not really as with it as maybe Kat would want it to be. Yeah, and Perry's just sitting behind a desk. We do journalism, Olsen. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Well, and the most recent live-action Jimmy Olsen was played by Aaron Ashmore um, on Smallville. And this was kind of a whole thing because he also played his brother Henry, who kind of for a couple of seasons was supposed to be Jimmy, and then he died, and then we found out that he had a brother, and then his brother kind of grew up to become the Jimmy Olsen that you know. It was very convoluted and confusing. (laughs) Um, But he did play a version of Jimmy Olsen. Um, So that is the most recent one that we have before Macaud Brooks. Yeah. Oh, and did you you mention Sam Huntington, right? Oh, crap. Didn't I, I just totally skipped over Sam Huntington. Yeah, yeah. You did. I was going to stop you and be like, hey, wait a second. Just briefly, Sam Huntington uh, played Jimmy Olsen in Superman Returns, which I really liked. And I'm probably one of five people who did. But there you go. I I said it out loud. I like that movie a lot. Hey, you know what? I I love Superman Returns, too. I thought it was a great movie, honestly. Well, and even though that I don't think it's a super good movie, um, I actually like Sam Huntington as Jimmy Olsen. Mm -hmm. Um, I recently rewatched it as as I was preparing for this episode. And I love that moment when Clark comes back to the Daily Planet and he's approached by Jimmy and he's like, Mr. Clark. And it's, it's really... It's really, really cute where he um, he goes and gets him this cake, and the cake is already kind of half-eaten. So yeah. that's kind of an adorable little relationship they have. I also really enjoy that uh, in the scene uh, where Clark and Jimmy go to the bar, the bartender is Jack Larson, the, the Jimmy Olsen from Adventures of Superman. Right. And um, I forgot to mention also that I believe Jack Larson was actually on Lois and Clark the new adventures of Superman at one point. Yeah. It was an episode where Jimmy got like, got hit with like an aging ray and became an old man. And he, uh, Jack Larson played the old version of Jimmy Olsen. I love it when they well, do that kind of stuff. Um, and I love that the, like those actors are like up for it too. Like that's, that's a great thing when like somebody, you know, has fun with it. And like, you know, it's not just like, Oh, I played that years ago. I'm not going to do it again. It's like, let's just have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, now let's talk about some uh, of our favorite Jimmy Olsen stories. Um, Bill, what, uh, what's your favorite Jimmy Olsen story arc in any of these formats? Um, I th- in any of the formats, ah, that's that's uh, an interesting question. You know, I, or, I'm gonna, or pick one from each. <laughs> well, I, I, you know what? I'll go with one of the the weird ones. Uh, I, I was asked to bring a weird one, and this one <laughs> is great. It's uh, from uh, Jim, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, number seventy nine, and it's called the Redheaded Beetle of one thousand BC. Oh, okay. So basically what happens is, is Jimmy's hanging out and uh, this guy shows up in a, a time sphere from the Legion of Superheroes. And he's like, the Legion needs your help, Jimmy. You, you got to we have to go back into the past to fix something. So Jimmy's like, OK. And he's like, well, you know, I, I can't figure out how to use this time sphere. Can you use it uh, to to send us back? And so he does. And uh, he goes back to the year 1000 B.C. and then turns out. That guy wasn't stole the time sphere from the Legion, and he was he could only figure out how to get it back to 1967 or whatever. And so he figured he'd approach Jimmy Olsen, who he knew knew how to steer a time sphere to get, to get him back to where he wanted to be. So basically, Jimmy's stranded in 1000 BC. <laughs> he he has to come up with some way to make a living, so he gets a job as a shepherd. And then he's like, you know, this isn't really cutting it. I'm kind of, I'm just out here in this field or whatever. So he starts stealing some wool from the shepherd, and uh, he makes beetles wigs. And hmm. he decides to start Beetle Mania in 1000 BC. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. So he, he like plays a little horn, and he wears the beetles wig, and he sells them and everything. And all's going well and good until uh, the guy who brought him back initially catches wind of what's going on and he's like, you know, I, I want my own cut of that money. And so he rats Jimmy out to out to the shepherd. And uh, the shepherd's about to kill Jimmy and this mysterious superpowered being shows up to save Jimmy. And but he he wears a turban to hide his hair to protect his secret identity. Eventually <laughs> eventually you find out this is the, the biblical uh, character Samson. Oh. And uh, so, so Jimmy stumbled into this whole conspiracy with Samson and the shepherd and this, that, and the, but Samson's basically <laughs> the Superman of 1000 BC. He even has a, a love interest who has two L's in her name. And nice. so it's just one of the most whacked out Silver Age stories that we would never even get past like the editor's desk today. And I, I just <laughs> love it. It's just so crazy and so fun. I feel like I'm on drugs just listening to that story. <laughs> you should. You did. I mean, that's the Silver Age through and through. That's yes. why Grant Morrison sources so much from the Silver Age. That is so funny. Um, when I was doing some research about Jimmy Olsen, I came across um, JL, JLA The Nail. I don't mm. know if um, you've read that, Bill. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but but the, the description of it that I found on the internet was that um, – there's this alternate reality, and uh, a nail punctures the tire of the Kent's car, and it prevents them from finding Baby Kal-El's spaceship. And so Jimmy Olsen kind of uh, becomes, in in this reality, Jimmy Olsen kind of becomes this kind of crazy version of Jimmy, where he's an aide to Lex Luthor, his uh, DNA is altered to be Kryptonian DNA, and he mm-hmm. goes insane, and he wants to replace human life with Kryptonian life. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is that to me was like the most outlandish uh, thing I've ever heard Jimmy Olsen. Oh, yeah. And that's a, that's a really good story, too. If uh, your listeners haven't haven't read it, uh, definitely worth seeking it out. It's it's the best 
a Superman story I've ever read where Superman really doesn't show up until the last like 10 pages. Oh, wow. So is Jimmy like a, a big deal in that story? Uh, he's he's in it throughout. But yeah, I mean, obviously, towards the end, he becomes a much bigger deal. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it sounds yeah, like it, he's a villain in that story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. He, he's the big bad in that story. And it kind of a uh, you kind of get hints of it early on, but it becomes more and more apparent as you go through. I don't think it's really a spoiler to say that at all, because uh, you get a hint right from the get-go that something weird is going on with Jimmy Olsen. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's such a great alternate universe story. Uh, you should, even if you don't like Jimmy Olsen as a character, you should pick it up. Bill, what's your favorite live-action version, uh, a live-action or animated version of Jimmy Olsen? I, you know, I'd, I'd probably have to go with Jack Larson just because he was my first Jimmy. Obviously, I was a kid. I knew about Superman. But when I was eight years old, Nick at Night got The Adventures of Superman. And I was like, yeah. sweet, a Superman TV series. And I just started watching it. And I've seen every episode like a billion times. I love, you know, golly, Mr. Kent. I, I, just his, his, uh, his doofy nature, his, his geeky, nerdy nature. And he, he's kind of like the, the gold standard of Jimmy Olsen's for me. If if a n- different version of Jimmy Olsen at least has echoes of that Jar- Jack Larson version, I can kind of sign off on him, you know what I mean? Teresa, do you have a favorite Jimmy Olsen? One of my favorite incarnations of him, uh, mostly because of his rapport with Supergirl, uh, is the uh, episode Little Girl Lost on Superman the Animated Series. Um, I just loved them together. Uh, and I love that he, he had this kind of like rebellious teenager thing going on. Like, like he, like he was, he was dorky, but not like, he wasn't like a nerdy kid. He was dorky in the sense that he was like a teenager trying to be cool. Um, and the way that all teenagers are kind of dorky just by default, cause they're teenagers. Um, mm-hmm. and I just loved how, you know, their team up and their kind of rapport as they were going after, you know, uh, you know, trying to save these kids that were like homeless and on the streets and, and, you know, kind of being pulled in by granny goodness. Um, so yeah, I would have to say that's that's one of my favorite ones. Yeah, and I like that a lot too because they both had something to prove. Um, yeah, Jimmy was trying to kind of prove his worth to Lois, and Supergirl was trying to prove herself to Superman. So it's kind of fun to see their similarities, and I think they're playing that up on the CBS series. And I, I think mine probably would be the Lois and Clark. Uh, I guess the Justin Whalen version. <laughs> I guess I have to narrow that down. Um, but yeah, that would probably be the one I'm most familiar with is is uh, Lois and Clark. Oh yeah, and the Justin Whalen version had a great backstory too, where his dad was a spy and stuff. You know, yeah, a lot of fun. So let's talk about what what we hope for about the uh, the upcoming CBS series. Uh, Bill, what do you what do you want to see from McCod Brooks as Jimmy Olsen as this move moves forward? Well, like I've said a few times, I definitely want at least a hint of that doofiness, which we definitely got uh, towards the end of the pilot and stuff. Like, So as long as there's a little bit of element of that in there and we get one or two weird transformations in the first season, I'm completely on board. Like, they, they, Those are my two big we, – we need to have some sort of weird science stuff going on with them. We need to have like little moment, awkward moments of doofiness here and there. You know, If we have that, I'm, I'm a happy camper. I think I saw Makad Brooks in one of those interviews reference Elastic Lad. So I 
I assume oh that, I assume that he's aware of the comic mm. history with the transfer the weird transformations that go on with Jimmy Olsen sometimes. <laughs> so I w- I would like to see that too. I would like to see something where he is. You know, maybe there's a reference to Turtle Boy or something like that. That would be really fun. <laughs> you, you know, we we never really even got into this, but uh, Jimmy Olsen and the old. Uh, books it definitely had a, his, a big history of like every other issue cross-dressing so I'd love to see oh, yeah. that too that'd yeah. be a lot of fun and uh, Makad Brooks would look great in a dress um, <laughs> he could be elastic class there we saw it's it. true they <laughs> kill two birds with one stone um, well that uh, about wraps up our discussion on James the grown man Olsen um, thank you so much Bill for, for sharing your knowledge with us and for talking to us about the character where can our listeners find you on the internet? Uh, well, as Rebecca mentioned, I co-host a, a TV uh, podcast about Gotham, uh, Legends of Gotham, also a member of the DC TV podcast family, uh, which Supergirl Radio is also a part of. And I also do a, a podcast about Once Upon a Time on ABC called Greetings from Storybrooke and a podcast about everything called Universe Box. So you can find links to all of those at universebox.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. Well, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And we're available on iTunes and on Stitcher. So if you've got some time, please do uh, give us a rating and write us a review. And like Bill mentioned, we are part of the DC TV podcast circle. So if you also like Gotham, I can recommend an awesome Gotham podcast called Legends of Gotham. That will actually- you know, we, get, we also get a lot of awesome voicemails from this girl named Rebecca. You might know her. You know, it's, it's funny. They, people have been speculating about this Supergirl-Gotham rivalry. And I'm like, I have no problem with this. <laughs> I, do, I, I do a Supergirl podcast, and I also like to leave voicemails about Gotham. So there's no competition for me. <laughs> no, not at all. So if you would like to do that as well, um, we have a DCTV podcast mega feed that features Gotham. That's where you'll, you'll actually find Legends of Gotham, uh, Arrow, The Flash, and the upcoming Legends of Tomorrow. So subscribe to that mega feed, follow DCTV podcasts on Twitter, and like DCTV podcasts on Facebook. Uh, as for me, you can find me and pretty much every other connection to me uh, at my website. That's TeresaGiacino.com. Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Teresa Giacino. Uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Teresa Giacino Experience. And uh, I have a Patreon page as well. If you want to check out some of my other work and stuff, you can go to patreon.com slash Teresa Giacino. And you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid, that's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D, and watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod, that's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. Oh, and uh, one more thing, I am actually going to be at uh, New York Comic Con this week, Um, so if you uh, are going to be there um, and you happen to see me, please say hello. Uh, I am going to be doing a panel uh, on Sunday, uh, the 11th, which um, is... A, a podcast, a, a podcast. Listen to me. A panel on uh, on gender and how we can um, bridge the gender gap in toys, TV, film, etc. Um, and it's hosted by UN Women and the He for She campaign, which is pretty cool. Um, so if you are going to New York Comic Con and you're there on Sunday uh, at one thirty, I believe, though check the schedule. Um, you should definitely check that panel out. 
you are a perfect panelist for that panel. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, I hope you can uh, record it. I hope so. It's like, I, you know, so I'm sure it'll be recorded by a bunch of people and we'll definitely have that somewhere. But um, yeah, I just hope I don't sound like a complete moron compared to like the, you know, people from the United Nations, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. You'll be fine. Um, uh, well, till next time, I'm still Teresa Giacino. And I'm still Rebecca Johnson. If Supergirl is anything like Superman, she's a hero. Saving people's what they're born to do. Yeah.